spurious nationalism cooked up by people who would rather find scapegoats than solve problems is as unpatriotic as an attachment to any other tired dogma of the past that Americans consigned to the ash, cheap, the ash heap of history. <laughs> the, the ash cheeks of history. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my. That's an interesting slip. <laughs> when you mean to say ash heap and you say ash cheeks. <laughs> oh, God, it was such an eloquent speech, too. It was so good. It was beautiful. Relegated to the ash cheeks of history. <laughs> Where it deserves to be kicked. I wonder if there was a hot woman in the crowd and he just got distracted. <laughs> Who knows? Great theory, Michael. <laughs> He's 90. He's talked a lot about that because uh, he references in that speech about how he was uh, rebellious when he was younger and he realized when he was older he wasn't being... Re- being rebellious against something is fine. Just like ignoring <laughs> authority to piss people off is not accomplishing anything. It's right. not being cool. It's not being a-, a-, a rebel, really. It's just You're just being a jerk. Rebel without a cause, man. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Which reminds me, at some point, we'll be getting to the attention finally being paid to something we've been talking about for quite some time. Hollywood's other open secret, besides R.V. Weinstein and all the guys like him, preying on young boys. It is, uh, next to Afghanistan, one of the world capitals of child molestation. Hollywood? Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Absolutely delightful. Uh, coming up, if we have time, 48 Things You Didn't Know Had Names. Actually, we won't do nearly 48 because a number of them are uninteresting. But for instance, when you get that itching, tingling, your foot's asleep sensation, that's paresthesia. Mm. Oh, my God, I got paresthesia in my leg. You can say that and appear to be learned. That's one of my least favorite sensations. It's a rough one. Oof. Pins and needles. I used to do it on purpose when I was in class. I ever tell that story? I did it on purpose once. And speaking of being a rebel without anything close to a cause, a clause, I've been relegated to the ass cheeks of history. I stepped on my own line. Damn it! So it's something you actively well dis- didn't enjoy, but would make yourself do. My son does this at the dinner table. He'll sit on his leg to make it go asleep, and then when he gets up, he can hardly walk. And I said, you know, I did that in class, and I just told him the story as a warning. It was in music class. I can remember it was like a Gladys, if you could play the harp. We haven't even called on you in like a week. Thank you. What? (laughs) She can pop right out of a sound sleep and do that little thing there (laughs) on the harp. Years of practice. Um, Music class, sitting on my leg in such a way that it would make my foot fall asleep, because that's what I did first. For shiggles. Jiminy, you are bored when you're doing that. <laughs> That's my new favorite term. I did it. Shiggles. I did it for shiggles. Did you already get tired of the pressing on your eyes to make the white lights flash in? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but uh, so I was sitting at the end of the row, and at the end of music class, they would pass the books down to the end of the row, and you collected them and went and them stacked in the back. And I, I realized as at the end of the row, and they passed me the books down. And I got up and I put my foot down, and I had no feeling whatsoever. It was completely rubber, and it just went blah. And I went flying, and the books went flying everywhere, and I landed completely on my face, and it was, it was horrifying. I'm in like third grade. It was just, oh my! Everybody laughed. 
Oh, my. It was made such an impression on me that I still remember it. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, yeah, it, it is. Embarrassment is an intense emotion. Ooh. It is, and I don't think there's anything you could do about it. I mean, because my kids are going through that now, and, you know, I'd like to tell them it's, it, it, nothing could be less important, but it just... It, it clearly those things register in your brain. It's amazing. Well, social I feedback, can, yeah, it's how a pack animal or a you know a civilized beast that meaningless knows occurrence. How to behave. That meaningless occurrence in my life, I can picture the room. I can picture the teacher. Everything about it because it was because I was so embarrassed. It reminded me of an interesting theory I heard about why public speaking is such a common fear among people. And it's because back in our tribal days... Because you might accidentally say the ash cheeks of history. Partly that. <laughs> but the only scenario in which you would be in front of your tribe making those sort of things would be pleading your case to not be exiled from the tribe. Huh. So they, it, there's this weird anthropological thing of, wow. of when I'm in front of people, they are judging me. It's a I hell need, of a theory. I need to I convince them to keep me but... in, but... It, it, that that reminded me of that that you were you were embarrassed in front of your tribe. Are they well, kick now me out? now for further comments on whether we ought to follow the herd or wait for a new one to come to us, uh, Joe? Do you have any? <laughs> Thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. It's good to hear me here this evening. <laughs> it's my opinion that if we don't chase after the herd, we'll be relegated to the ass cheeks of his. Oh God! Damn it! I did it again. Damn it! All in favor of drumming Joe out of the tribe, say aye. Aye! <laughs> that's funny. Eh, where were we? Ah, that's right. Uh, if you were listening earlier, we were searching our souls to try to figure out what in hell we're doing on this show. It Jack, was, would you like to explain why? It was born out of this interview that Jimmy Kimmel did over the weekend in which he said... Uh, he was uh, called the conscience of the country by the consci- consci- yeah. yeah, conscience of the country by CNN. What a load of crap! And uh, and the interviewer said, "Aren't you worried you're going to lose, you know, a bunch of people that way? Going to lose a bunch of Republicans?" And he said, oh, "They're not people I probably wanted to talk to anyway." Um, and it's uh, a moment of change in America. Those shows used to try to be non-political. Now they're being political on purpose, getting better ratings than they've ever gotten. And then I was wondering if we're doing it wrong and that we're not trying to be one side or the other all the time, just kind of... Call them as we see them. Yeah, which I, I don't know if you're doing any good doing that or if you're making everybody mad. Trump's comment on other presidents haven't called families of fallen soldiers was an idiotic self-serving thing to say about something that is monumentally important. A pathetic attempt to be self-congratulatory. Inexcusable. His sticking a thumb in the eye of big Republican and big Democrats, as we've known them our whole lives, is freaking awesome, and I cheer it every time he does it. Drain the swamp! Can you say both of those things? Does it not make sense to some of you? I don't know. Because it would seem from watching cable news and those kind of shows, you have to say something that's going to make the crowd cheer every time. You can't say something every now and then makes the crowd go, oh, I guess you're right, but that doesn't make me very happy. Before you hadn't pointed it out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just wondered if we're doing it wrong. Well, you know, we've been thinking for a long time that the whole, uh, you know, two polarized sides screaming at each other, yelling past each other thing was probably going to get old, and, and people would want something else, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're and completely we would wrong. be C to the AC of H. Consigned, Consigned to the, to the ass, ass cheeks, cheeks of history. Exactly. Right, yes. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so we did a highly scientific A&G poll on, what's this, the facial book? 
what do you want to hear on the radio? A, hosts who take a side on an issue. B, hosts who provide some sense of balance. C, just relegate A and G to the ass cheeks of history. <laughs> we received many, many responses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, B, that's the balance uh, part with a heaping helping of dick and fart jokes. Uh, oh, that's really not going to get that out of me. That's uh, that is really disappointing. B, that's why I've listened since 2001. If you're talking about A and G, I select D. Just leave it alone. Uh, but, but a lot of bees, a lot of bees. But you know that's that's and why these again? folks listen. Uh, hosts who provide some sense of balance. Okay, and it's not. But it's not that pathetic. See, this is. Uh, there have been a number of radio personalities who've decided I'm going to be the reasonable host. And what it ends up being is they don't have any opinions. They don't have any uh, fire. They have no passion about anything. And there are times. When you ought to believe something 100% and say so and defend it, the whole, well, it could be this or it could be that. You know, the uh, uh, for instance, the uh, ISIS, they went in and tortured to death all the Yazidis. I mean, that's there are different ways to look at it. No, that's, that's freaking pathetic. You ought to have a point of view. But, you know, I think it has to do with honesty versus partisanship, honestly. But. Mm. 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 That's some high ground to be on. You won't um, get wet where you are. You're on the high ground. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bees the other day. Uh, or I'm sorry, at this, they've always provided great insight. Whether you agree with their opinion or not, I often don't agree, but I love the analysis. That's very open-minded of you, Heather. I just the question is, are there enough of you? That's not our, what our favorite Yelp review said. <laughs> the guy who said all they do is read a story in the newspaper misinterpret it, then yell how the world is going to hell. Yeah, use that misinterpretation as basis for why it's all going to hell. That's exactly yeah. right. Here's Sounds Robert. Right. Robert, hey, I want somebody that's not afraid to take a stand on an issue. The radio is already full of people too afraid to take a stand because somebody might get their healings, feelings hurt. That's not what we do. Or their healings Afraid hurt. to take a stand on an issue or, or be afraid of getting relegated to the ass cheeks of history. Right. We take stands on issues all the time. What are you talking about? Hell. Uh, after reading the paper, I always tune into A&G to get the actual facts of the matter. Mm. That's nice. Flattering. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I'd say. Listening from the Detroit area. You both make me laugh daily while also being informative. Love it as it is. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, oh, Alton writes, I don't care as long as the radio guy is screaming and outraged, I am happy. There you go. <laughs> Damn right! Damn liberals! Stupid conservatives! <laughs> That's some good stuff there. There are no conservatives. I wish people would quit pretending that that exists, at least in government. There's oh, in no Washington? Cons- there's no yeah. conservative party. There oh, is no. no conservative party. There are conservatives, but there's no conservative party. But so, so quit acting like there is. Right. Don't change a thing. Bring back that employee. Fire that employee. Wow. Uh, and we'll keep yeah. those to ourselves, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, okay. All right, they let us make up our minds. Other shows spoon-feed their listeners. People like to get spoon-fed. That's why there's so much spoon-feeding going on. I like to be spoon-fed. Who doesn't like to be spoon-fed? I find it a little demeaning. Yeah, just imagine yourself there just sitting in a chair, though, with somebody taking a little spoonful of food and sticking it. You don't even have to move your arms. Give me more. I wouldn't want more any- ice cream. I wouldn't want anybody to see me doing it, but I could get used to that lifestyle if I could afford it. Give me another spoonful and make this one big. (laughs) 
I just watch TV while somebody sits next to me and feeds me gravy or whatever it is I'm wanting to eat. Gravy. It's gravy by the gravy spoonful. Gravy is not a dish. Was the Did the straw get clogged? <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow. Uh, Apple says that they trained the iPhone 10 not to be racist. The iPhone 10 brings over facial recognition technology, as we all know, that has no rival in the mobile business. Made possible by a whole bunch of uh, front-facing cameras and sensors and everything like that. Al Franken challenged that, Senator Al Franken, concerned about um, security and privacy with the whole thing. Uh, also wanted to know how Apple will address diversity and protect against any bias. Okay, so I had heard the questions about security, like how well does it work? How easy is it to fool? Can you just get a picture of somebody or if somebody looks kind of like you? Right. You know, if the, But I hadn't heard the racial stuff. Apple answered many security-related questions in a white paper published uh, recently, but Apple just... Oh, ex- white paper, of course, white paper. Where does the black paper go to get the little report, huh? To satisfy Al Franken, but Apple just explained how it trained Face ID not to be racist. Older facial recognition products failed to recognize people with dark skin. Interesting. In 2009, an HP webcam failed to register black people. Technology has advanced since then, but Google's AI system that powers Google Photos labeled black people as gorillas in 2015. Oh, jeez. That is uh, troubling. Yeah, it's a problem. Apple revealed it trained Face face ID using over a billion images and studies conducted with the participants, uh, blah, 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 and that they have uh, gotten past all these problems that other... I didn't realize that that was a problem that facial recognition software was having. It was people other than white people. Hmm. But Al Franken is happy with Apple's answer. Said, I appreciate Apple's willingness to engage with my office on these issues. Glad to see they've taken the steps the company has taken, and I am uh, I'm satisfied with their answers. So. It's going to be safe and not racist. I'm so glad to hear that. Speaking of Apple and racism, there was an interesting story that didn't get a lot of attention, which surprises me, probably because of wildfires and and what have you. But Apple has a vice president of inclusion and diversity, which is uh, the sort of thing that makes me gag often, uh, particularly on college campi, where... Now, that's where all your tuition money is going to. Dozens of these people making six figures on every college campus to make sure nobody's ever offended by anything anytime. But so uh, this Denise Young-Smith, who's Apple's Veep of Inclusion and Diversity, was uh, speaking at a big international summit and said something that absolutely shocked me for its wisdom. I'll say in advance, maybe a little oversimplified, Maybe not a great choice of words, but I couldn't believe somebody with that title would say something so smart. Diversity is the human experience. I get a little bit frustrated when diversity or the term diversity is tagged to the people of color or the women or the LGBT. There can be 12 white, blue-eyed, blonde men in a room, and they're going to be diverse, too, because they're going to bring a different life experience and life perspective to the conversation. Well, of course, she was excoriated. For saying that, she was brutalized online. She is now the whipping person of the universe and had to send an apology out for pointing out that life experience makes, you know, is what diversity is all about, not just hue or who you lay with. 
Last week while attending a summit in Bogota, I made some comments as part of a blah, blah, blah. We were there. I regret the choice of words I used to make this point. I understand why some people took offense. My comments were not representative of how I think about diversity or how Apple sees it. For that, I'm sorry. More importantly, I want to assure you Apple's view and our dedication to diversity is not changed. Understanding that diversity includes women, people of color, LGBTQ people, and all underrepresented minorities is the heart of our work to create an environment that is inclusive of every Because nobody could... Take her or words and say, that's an interesting point. I wonder what she means by that. And get back to her and say, you know, I, I get your point, but seriously, there are, I mean, real differences between the worldviews of people, blah, 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 and her say, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally, I get that. I just meant that it's it's about experience more than anything. But no, you can't do that. You've got to be angry. Yeah, I read this last night, and I was thinking about how to approach it without getting myself in trouble. Um. Because if you have two guys, let's go with white guys. Why? Uh, just for the sake of this argument. Okay. I suppose you could. Because you only hire white men is why. <laughs> or you could, I, I, think you, I suppose you could use any race. Okay. But um, do you have more diversity going on with a man and a woman who grew up in the same city, the same neighborhood of the same city? Mm-hmm. Went to the same school. Went to the same school. But you got a man and a woman. Is that more diversity or less diversity than if you got two men, but one of the men grew up in that neighborhood and the other one grew up in rural Texas in a town of 100 people? Right, right. Uh, uh, well, I think your methodology is is one click off. Make it make it a man and a woman, I think, is interesting. How about a, a, a black man and a white man who grew up in the same town, went to the same school? Or an Indian man and a white man. Because um, I went to a super diverse high school um, where we played on the same teams, we laughed at the same jokes, we hung out together all the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or another white guy from a tiny little town in Texas. Completely different life experience. Well, I just I wanted to use the what I thought was the simplest one. I think you clearly have more diversity with those two dudes than you do with a man and a woman from the same neighborhood. Even though on any paper that is, uh, that, uh, that, you know, any... any st- stat that anybody keeps, you'd have more diversity with a man and a woman than with two men. But I think you'd get more diversity for the point of your company, mm-hmm. for the idea of having different backgrounds and lifestyles and attitudes they can bring to the company. I think you have way more diversity with those two dudes than you do with a man and a woman. Yeah. But any way that it's kept track of by the government or HR or anything like that, you'd go with the man-woman Yeah, as the more diverse. Well, and it ought to depend on what you're doing. If you are selling household products, you're like Tide, you know, or, or Procter and Gamble. Then I'm probably going to want the man and the woman from the same neighborhood. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. If I'm designing computers or something, where or male female doesn't play a role, right. really, I don't think. Or talking about uh, political something or other, then probably it's going to be the regional thing. But but there are subtleties to this. My only anger at over her description of the twelve blonde-haired, blue-eyed men was that you work in a brown-haired dude or. or a brown-eyed guy in the room. It's a little Aryan for my tastes, frankly. What the hell? Um, speaking of products, my wife has uh, really like thinks she has nailed down her goat soap formula. So, so it's she, time to move into hardcore aggressive marketing. Well, first uh, some test, some testing. So I tried one yesterday. She asked me how it was. I said it was the best lather I've ever had. She said, "You're just saying that." I'm saying, "No, I'm not." It was the best lather I've ever had. 
But so she wants me to bring in a bar for Joe and a bar for Sean. And please. you need to try it. Because speaking of diversity. Yes, please. Because she sees Joe as someone who uh, who will get a, uh, you know, um, a, a massage or that sort of stuff. I do. As probably being, has a loofah. I got one probably yesterday. Probably owns a loofah. I have a, a like a fuzzy thing. Speaking of diversity, yeah, I, can't even loofah, a, I can't even imagine ever getting a, a massage or why anybody would want one. Oh my God, Speaking it was of wonderful. Diversity, Absolutely wonderful. I feel like a million dollars. Seems so crazy to me. Oh, it's perfect. So he, she wants you to try a bar of soap and then Sean, who she sees as a, as a guy who you know has a cereal bowl and a spoon. I'm the everyman. <laughs> and a I pile of laundry in my house. Unwashed, on uncivilized, uh, unrefined. Well, I don't know about that. Practically but... a street person. So she wants a bar of soap for each of you and to get the... Uh... <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, she wants both of your opinions on her soap. So it's so so it's some research is what it is. It's focus grouping. Yeah, I actually saw Sean in our free time over the weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my God, the tussled haired boyish handsomeness! You can't even believe it. I mean, oh my God, different She's, than here at work, or oh, even more tussle haired and boyish. <laughs> I mixed in a collared shirt too. It's it's really oh disorienting to see outside. I wanted to kiss him. I was going to harass him. <laughs> Fantastic. Just wait till I get that goat soap ladder going. Oh, oh, oh right. Your skin gets a little more supple. So <laughs> that's the one criticism I had. Your skin didn't look very supple. So me. I'll bring those in, let you both shower with them, and then uh, get your report, I guess. I can't wait for that. It looks delicious, the soap. Can you, if you're like showering hungrily, can you lather um, up and take a bite? I wouldn't recommend it, but I know that is one thing with the popular women's soaps is they're supposed to look delicious. It's got to be something in the mind. Have you ever stopped by, what's that popular European soap store? They got them in every city in America now, every big city. But uh, the, all the Sephora, soaps, all the soaps look like you'd like to pick one up and eat it. Jacques House of Soap looks like a bro- <laughs> looks like a brownie or something. I'm going wow. full testing though. I'm gonna I'm putting some of this in my eye. I'm seeing if it hurts, right? Like I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go full gambit on the on the beta testing for this. Good idea. <laughs> Drop it. See what happens. What's <laughs> coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, new round of worries about the California wildfires. We got congressional Republicans facing another major hurdle in getting health care and tax reform passed. One you probably have not considered. And Google, Facebook, and Apple facing an uncomfortable truth. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Giddy. Awesome. They're ruining humanity. Is that the uncomfortable truth? And they'll be relegated to the ass cheeks of history? I can't say that enough. That is so funny. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm interested in all the stories Marshall Phillips is about to tell you. Marshall. Well, we've got a new wildfire going on in Northern California, my friends. In the Santa Cruz Mountains, it's 0% contained. It's forced evacuations. About 100 buildings threatened and two firefighters have been hurt so far. So that started around uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Meanwhile, you got roughly 34,000 people still evacuated from the wildfires going on in wine country. Number dramatically lower, though, than the high of nearly 100,000 on Saturday in Sonoma, Napa, and other counties. The Sonoma County Sheriff's Office, though, is saying the evacuation orders have been lifted for a couple neighborhoods in Santa Rosa, but the chief of police says looting has been a real problem in some parts of his city. Man, I would just love to see the National Guard pour into towns that have disasters and just shoot looters on sight. When's the last time a looter's been shot? 
God, I'm I'm for it, man. Make sure they're a looter and they're not just your neighbor you haven't met yet. But God, there's no lower form of life than those who would scavenge on their their neighbors and countrymen who've already been devastated. God, I want them dead. As proven in the great earthquake and fire in San Francisco of 1906, you don't have to shoot many looters to bring it to an end. Yeah, the uh, police chief saying there has been more than 150 reported incidents of looting or attempted looting. Get so after far. it, chief. Get after it. You've got our support. And you're the worst kind of human being. It's one of those crimes that not only is the crime bad, it right. indicates it indicates something about where you fit in society. And uh, we don't need you at all. Yeah, you're a diseased rat. Yeah, there's no fixing you. I don't think uh, you can't rehabilitate. Maybe if it's a kid. But if you have a full-on grown-up, like, 30-year-old looting, right. that person's never going to be contributing to society. So go ahead and shoot them. Top Republicans already coping I'm with... I'm saying law enforcement. Somebody, and not, I'm not just encouraging. What? Top Republicans already coping with a razor-thin majority as they try pushing a contentious and partisan agenda through the Senate. And now they are running smack into another complicating factor, the sheer age and health issues of some senators. The office of the ailing Senator Thad Cochran says the Mississippi Republican will be able to return to Washington when his health permits. That underscores a challenge of navigating a Senate that is the second oldest ever. So, yeah, why do we do that in America? That's interesting. So they just uh, elected that 30-year-old in Austria? Is that where it yeah. is? Yeah, that's yeah, um, crazy. And, and France has got a president that uh, looks to be about 17 years old, and they did it up in Canada, too. He's, he's, he's a nine-year-old. Um, <laughs> but, but for whatever reason in America... But he's a big boy. <laughs> for whatever reason in America, we feel like a 45-year-old is really taking a flyer. I don't... Where where's that come from? I appreciate the idea that age equals wisdom, because I think it does to a large extent. But I, I think it's much more about incumbency in America. I don't need 30-year-olds running the government, but oh, a no, bunch that's of... absurd, but... 50-year-olds would be fine. Yeah, it's incumbency. Because of the way our system's set up and our districts and the fact that we've got essentially yeah. two parties and not a parliamentary system or whatever... Mm. It's it's about incumbency. Well, that's troubling are, on its own. I then. mean, it's not like we're getting first-term co- uh, senators who are 78 years old. Good, good With point. the exception of old uh, Roy Moore, the rootinous tootinest uh, senator <laughs> in America. <laughs> the rootinous tootinest vermin shootinest senator. <laughs> the likes of Facebook, Google, and Apple are increasingly facing an uncomfortable truth. Europe's culture of tough corporate oversight, not America's light-touch regulation is the way they're putting it, may soon rule their industry. Governments seeking to combat fake news and prevent extremists from using the Internet to fan the flames of hatred. It seems that the U.S. may have to start approaching online content in Europe's more proactive way. There's a lot of talk about this. Even, yes. even conservative Newt Gingrich said they need to be regulated by, like utilities. Yep. Never happened. One last note. Because they're talking about content. Yeah. You know, the phone companies are regulated, but not for content. If just for instance. One last note. An NBA play, the defending champion Golden State Warriors hosting the Houston Rockets in Oakland. Golden State shooting for its third title in four years. And all the prognosticators basically say it would be nearly impossible for Golden State to not win the championship. That's what the gods hear, Jack, and that's when they decide to step in. Steph Curry, 
Uh, Kevin Durant, they run into each other at half court, each looking in the other direction, break each other's legs. Both completely blinded. <laughs> By what? Pain. 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 That's right. Pain. Uh, the rest of the team panics. They start throwing the ball around. Dissension sets in. Disagreement, backbiting, backstabbing, etc. And before you know it, the can't lose the Warriors are relegated to the ass cheeks of history. <laughs> I'm telling you. Interesting thing about that team is you would need both of them to run into each other because I think you could lose either one and still win the championship, which is amazing. Yeah, they would still be in the probably top at least three favorites yeah. to win if, if just one of them went down. Which is crazy. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Steph Curry rolls his ankle first game. Aye. Foot comes off. And uh, he's done for the season. Boy, you. <laughs> Jim, you rarely see a complete amputation in an NBA game. <laughs> hey, and there, there's a fan with a happy souvenir. <laughs> Boy, I'm seeing the cheerleaders turning away and vomiting. <laughs> that fan's going home with Steph Curry's left foot. Wait a minute. Curry's gone into the sta- Oh, the fan is giving him back the left foot. Curry's giving him his jersey. That is nice. That's so good to see. A sound of sportsmanship in these troubled times. <laughs> Hilarious. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you still make more money on advertisements in the no, we hard make news? More- we make net, we now make more money on subscribers in print and online than we do in advertising. That's when I started in this business, and and I'm sure when my, 80% of a newspaper's revenue came from advertising. Those not the almost it has, it's not totally reversed, but it's moving in that direction. By the way, to be frank, I would much more want to be dependent on my readers than on advertisers. I think because readers demand quality, they demand all the things we're talking about. I think that's a great development. That's interesting. Uh, editor from the New York Times and how the newspaper economy has changed. It's not about advertising anymore. It's about the number of people that want to read it, yeah, subscribe yeah. to it. It was from a, uh, a freedom of the press sort of gathering they had. Uh, him as the executive editor of the Times and the executive editor of the Post, who both sh- echoed the statements that our, our subscriptions have skyrocketed. Um, not always the case for the local papers. They're in a unique the, situation. The, the but. question I'd like to know is that's the percentage of where it comes from. I'd like to know the raw number. Yes. Sure. How much short of you are are you from where, where it used to be with advertising? Oh. The good folks at Project Veritas uh, have a secretly made videotape of another New York Times executive editor saying Donald Trump's an idiot. <laughs> It's really quite entertaining. Speaking of Donald Trump, so we've been having clear bias. We've been having fun today with the uh, John McCain speech, in which he talks about a half baked nationalism ideology that will be relegated to the ass cheeks of history. He meant we're paraphrasing. Heat. We're paraphrasing. Well, he stumbled a bit, but he was taking on Bannon and, and Trumpism to a certain extent. President Trump threatened Arizona Senator John McCain, a former POW with a terminal brain cancer diagnosis. Okay, you didn't need to say all that. Over his comments at an award ceremony Monday night. So that's the speech we were talking about. Trump was told about this or asked whether he'd heard McCain's remarks. Trump said, people have to be very careful because at some point I fight back, he told the talk radio host. He was was interviewing him. You know, I'm being very nice. I'm being very, very nice. But at at some point I fight back and it won't be pretty. Great. That'll get tax reform passed. So there you go. Getting a pissing match with John McCain. So 
he probably hadn't heard it. Somebody will put it in front of him at some point today. He's going to tweet out something about John McCain getting captured or, or, or who knows what. Yeah. Exhaustion. That's my reaction. I'm just exhausted. The whole thing. The whole Trump years. Years. <laughs> Weeks. 270 some days in. Oh, Lord. Which is amazing. I wonder if the pace will ever go backwards, or is this the pace from here on out, no matter who's president? Um, no, Yeah, absolutely it'll go backwards, depending on the sort of person who's in, in the office. You know, almost every president, not a, well, I'll just say it. Just say it, Joe, then amend it. Virtually every president is a reaction to the president before him, or her, theoretically. <laughs> um <laughs> And so it is or in, neither, according to the new California driver's license. I mean, the moralism of Jimmy Carter was a reaction to the amoralism of Richard Nixon. The, the sad defeatism of Jimmy Carter was answered by the sunny, cheery optimism of Ronald Reagan. And on we go. So the, the youth of Bill Clinton had a lot to do with the, the, the elderly Ronald Reagan, especially the, at the end. Absolutely true. And, and H.W., who is no uh, spring chicken. Um, and I think the chaos and insanity of the Trump administration will probably be answered by somebody who is Mitt Romney-esque. Steady as she goes. From one party or the other. Right. Yeah, I would guess. Um... Uh, you know, we'll see. But yeah. had something good to say, but I forgot it. Why did you I know it's it? illegal to have a beard in Tajikistan? I did not. Yeah, um, beards are illegal. It's a uh, it's a largely Muslim country, but it's one of your uh, Soviet, your, your Russian satellite uh, countries, I guess. They got a dictator and everything, and they don't want the uh, Muslims getting too Muslimy. So you're not allowed to have a beard. How many channels you get on that Russian satellite? Is that like 100 something? 200? You get the premiums? Uh, depends which pay, of course. Uh, that uh, beards and culture, uh, it's shaving beards as part of a government campaign targeting cultural practices deemed, quote, alien and inconsistent with Tajik culture. So they made everybody shave, but they're putting on some sort of play down there in Tajik City, whatever uh, the city's called. And uh, the actors have had to get temporary beard permits. That's kind of interesting. I don't like it from a freedom standpoint, but I'll bet you would fairly quickly figure out who's the good guys and who the bad guys are, because the the hardcores aren't going to shave their beard, I suppose. Yeah. Well, so they can walk around town sporting a beard. Sometimes they get stopped. They have to show their permit. Oh, yeah, I have a beard permit. It's like having a gun permit or driver's license. Your beard is suspended for six months. If we find you sporting a beard, you'll lose it for a year. Driver's license factors into my final thought, which it is time for now. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> a little leering. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like, uh, what, what's the actor who played Putty on uh, Seinfeld? He does the Enterprise to rent-a-car commercials. Oh, gosh, I hate that. No, what's I don't his know name? This. Doesn't matter. David I'm, something? No. Yeah, it could be. Nobody Takes knows. out his own appendix. Patrick Warburton. That's what <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo. Long ago, while cashing my paycheck, a busty bank teller asked me if I wanted big bills. I responded by saying big boobs would be fine. So I sympathize with John McCain today. <laughs> that is the, one of the greatest Freudian slips of all time. Yep. Well said, Michael. Uh, big boobs would be fine. He actually said that. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall Phillips' final 
thought. I am going to uh, skip out of here and stop by the lab and see if my favorite phlebotomist wants to do lunch. Hey, oh, good yeah. idea. Yes. Good yeah. idea. Uh, positive, Sean. Final thoughts? Yeah, earlier in the show, I, uh, I attempted to rank my berries, but I left out the strawberry. So here's my updated complete ranking of berries, starting at the top. Strawberry, number two, raspberry, number three, blueberry, number four, chuckberry, number five, <laughs> Mayor Marionberry. <laughs> Bitch, set me up. <laughs> I like it. Jack, uh, do you have a final thought for us? We brought you the news that California is now going to have the option on the driver's license for a neither when it comes to gender, male or female. And I was wondering, uh, we haven't had a female president yet. At what what year will we elect our first president that never declares themselves either a male or a female? <laughs> a gender non-specific. A gender president? non-specific president. I wonder if you could predict that. The year twenty one eighty two. There you go. There's All your right. answer. Uh, my final thought is uh, we've been searching our souls trying to figure out what to do on the show and on the rest of it. We'll probably end up doing what we always do. So there you go. Out of laziness. <laughs> Just out of laziness. Just easier. <laughs> Call it stuck in a rut for a reason. Plus, <laughs> if you know, there. we tried something different, I don't know, something bad might happen. You never know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. All the clicks and links and stuff, they're under the hot links section. It's an exciting innovation. Uh, check it out. There's even a hot dog there, right, to show you that it's hot links? I get it. So uh, if there's something we ought to be talking about, you sent it to us, huh? Some people refer to hot dogs as links. Yes. Okay. God bless America. <laughs> this is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Is as unpatriotic as an attachment to any other tired dogma of the past that Americans consigned to the ash cheap the ash heap of history. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.